Not long ago, in a far-off corner of a place called the Internet, a revolution was born. Forged in the fires of common experience, the survivors of a mysterious movie known only as A Talking Cat came together. Their purpose, to dissect this fascinating failure of a film and broadcast their findings through the cosmos in hopes that future generations might learn from their mistakes. Some would call them heroes, others would call them mad, but despite the grueling road ahead of them, the group would take up the Sisyphean task and become a talking cast? Are they adventurers, sinner as a savior's or Are they demented, love the punishments, I can't be sure But one thing I do know is that the mission here to force To make your life so hard that you'll be pissing on your kitchen floor Hello and welcome to A Talking Cast The A Talking Cat podcast that nobody asked for But we're bringing it to you anyway I am your host, Sammy C And I have my co-host here <laughs> Hi, I'm Dylan, I'm back And we are joined by the lovely, sometimes host, sometimes co-producer, sometimes just generally, all the time, generally awesome person. Thank you. Sarah. Yes, hello, (laughs) it is me. I'm back as well. Hey, Sarah. Um, So you are currently listening to episode 41, uh, which for those of you following along at home, and I know that I say this almost every episode, but if you are following along at home, I hope things get better. This is minute uh, 40, starting at 40.01 through 41, and what an action-packed, lovely minute it is. Uh, Let's get into it. Yes. All right. So we start with this shot of the beach and uh, the uh, midi La Cucaracha version playing in the background. Yeah, that is like totally like a preset, like Casio keyboard from like 1987 song. And there was a professional composer for this movie. Was there really? Yes, because I just double checked on IMDb and Harry Manfredini uh, did the score for this movie and he has he has 150 credits on imdb as composer most of them are horror movies most of the ones from the last many years are porn mansion movies like so i mean it's just like but he still is a professional, and I'm, I'm just so shocked by that. I think they were like, okay, so we want this composer. We want some professional composing. Here's $20. <laughs> and he was like, okay, I'm at a Goodwill. And, oh, look, there's a keyboard at this Goodwill. And I'm going to pocket the extra $15 yeah. for wasting yeah. my time with this bullshit. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm of the opinion that if you do things enough times, you're going to get better at them. So like, even if he wasn't like professionally trained to be that, if he's got 150 credits, he must kind of know what he's doing, right? Yeah. No, I mean, like, these are not all like garbage movies. I mean, a lot of them are pretty garbage movies, but like he did a bunch of <laughs> like the Freddie and Jason movies. And oh, really? Yeah. So he did... I think he did Jason movies. He did a bunch of Friday the 13th movies, like Friday the 13th, then part two, part three, final chapter, Jason lives. 
Oh, a new begin. I mean, he did. He did. It looks like most of the Friday the Thirteenth movies, if not all of them. I guess it just didn't pay that well. <laughs> Makes sense for him to go from horror movies to a talking cat, which is probably equally horrifying to any glorified <laughs> horror movies. You know. True. True. <laughs> I mean, that void mouth. There's something wrong there. Someone needs to like seriously get this universe under control. I I was hanging out with some friends last night, and we were all talking about you know, the Babadook, and, which none of us have seen, but we're all like, we want to, because the only place that's chilling it right now keeps selling out all the shows, so it's really hard to see it here. Um, yeah. And, you know, we're like, oh, yeah, it's supposed to be, like, the best horror movie, like, ever, ever. And I'm like, well, let me tell you about a talking cat. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when people are like, it's psychological horror. I know yeah. psychological oh, yeah. horror. I can handle yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because this movie turns you into the character in a psychological torture scenario. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because you just can't, I mean, you're tortured by it, and you just can't possibly understand what in the fucking hell is happening. After our lovely shot of the beach and our La Cucaracha musical <laughs> interlude, um, <laughs> we are treated to more beautiful external shots of the porn mansion, which is just impossibly large. I can't get I can't get over how big this house is. It's um, so big. And there's just two people. What a fucking waste. Get some foster <laughs> yeah. kids or something. Damn. Well, but oh. they needed all that space for the modern art. I mean, like, it, that's an, it's like as much of a character in the movie as any of the humans. But not as much as Duffy. No. Oh, nothing yes. is as big of a character as Duffy. Like, he could house, like, 30 foreign exchange students there or something. <laughs> he could do something <laughs> really good with all of his house. Or at least, like, a dozen shirtless frat guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm sure is another David Dakota movie in itself. <laughs> from that to uh, Chris doing homework doing Franny's homework I think <laughs> yeah because yeah. that boy is wit <laughs> yeah. yes I gotta say I'm impressed with Franny's ability to like control this kid's life without <laughs> even like going on a date with him or giving him anything <laughs> other than just being kind of flirty a little bit yeah <laughs> And, like, it's not even, like, she's really flirting with him. She's flirting with his pool. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like Franny has, like, a general flirtation towards, like, the world. Yeah. (laughs) Mostly Chris's pool. (laughs) Uh, His dad comes in and he tells him he looks terrible, which is true. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like that's like it's like when you wake up in the morning and you go downstairs and you see your family and you say, "Oh, the sun is out," or "Oh, the sky is blue," or <laughs> "Oh, like." I think oh. Chris is well established I mean, as as the master of stating the obvious. Right. Yeah. yeah. And he really like proved why in this minute because it's like, "Wow, Dad, you look awful." Well, no shit, dude. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to the movie. It's like, have you seen your dad? Like, ever? <laughs> I don't think he has. I think he just doesn't look at his dad. 
<laughs> Why would he? Could you blame him if that was the case? <laughs> no, I think I, I would avert my eyes as much as possible too. So couldn't, I think once once he grew the soul patch, it was all over. It was just like <laughs> no, 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 I'm chin look puff. at you it's as little chin as puff. possible. Yeah. yeah, the chin puff. I mean, in his defense, I actually think that this is like one of his best looks in the entire movie. The, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pinche Dia Alaves shirt. Because, uh, yes. I mean, at least it's like, not that it's like a normal thing for a, a guy like him to wear, but at least it's not like those horrible, like, Cuban button-down shirts that don't <laughs> fit properly. Like, <laughs> yes, I, I actually um, I spoke to a guest about a later minute in which he's wearing one of those Cuban button-down shirts, the beige one, and Ooh, the best color. She so described flat. him as a mash, a pile of mashed potatoes. Amazing. <laughs> which is pretty much, pretty much the best description of Phil I think I think exists. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that one. Um. So so Phil then says, I just took a walk and Chris is like, Where? To Mordor? Which <laughs> just you guys like I mean that is it's not like a great joke or anything, but it's an actual like joke yeah i mean it's like it's like the only um bit of like actual banter i think we can find in this movie (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna contest that honestly i'm not a really big fan of pop culture references as jokes although i guess it's not really pop culture because lord of the rings is eternal but (laughs) yeah like i'm i'm a i'm a gilmore girls fan so i'm very much like into like the pop culture references Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. thing, but I do think Same. I do feel like it's out of place in this movie. Yeah. I didn't even know <laughs> Lord of the Rings existed in this universe. Yeah, like so much else of this movie is just like it's so it's like unmoored in time. You know, like it's not a timeless movie. It just has no time and it has no place. <laughs> yeah. It's, As yeah. I think Claude has said many times, yeah. this movie has no time and place. Yeah. It's like um the it's where the um oh I can't remember it's like where the reeds in A Song of Ice and Fire are from. It's like their mm-hmm. castle where it just like it floats around in this like swampland. And, <laughs> and like, that's yeah. oh man, that's why there's so many locations and why they always have to like give us those external establishing shots. Cause the locations move so they have to tell so are they they all like on this like time sealed floating island above us all (laughs) it would explain why this location is totally impossible to figure out (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's totally what it's it's like from gulliver's travels it's the it's the land that was like floating in the air that he got to by like hot air balloon or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think it it almost has to be because like why else would the beach be steps from the woods be steps from a mountain and a stream? So Chris, of course, Phil responds to Chris's bit of sassy Mordor banter to. Pretty ineffectively, he just says, no, just down the hill and through the woods. Maybe I did get there in, you know. Ooh, burn back. Whoa. (laughs) So we're taken straight out of the maybe mildly sassy banter right back into the weird wooden uh, lines of this film. (laughs) I mean, I think that, like, that's another thing where it's like, 
okay, like that's a joke. Like it is. Like that is a yeah. joke. It's just no one can deliver a joke. And so I guess that <laughs> yeah. is the thing. Like it wasn't so much that like Chris's Mordor line was like really clever or funny, but he actually delivered it as one would deliver a joke, mm-hmm. which right. is what he it made was a joke. To be. And then Phil is like, oh wait, let me just drag you right back to where <laughs> yeah. we're supposed to be. He's like, hold like, on there, mister. This place that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Hold on there, mister. What movie do you think you're in? Let me bring you back down to earth. You can't make jokes here. Yeah. <laughs> no actual humor is allowed to happen. Stop this. Uh, and so Chris is like, well, Franny's going to be here soon. Poor Franny. And then Phil's like, oh, how's the tutoring going? Chris says, I think she gets more of it than she lets on. <laughs> Girls are weird. Actually, he says, I think she gets more of this than she lets on, I think. Great. Good work, Chris. I'm glad. 100% A plus line delivery. I, as much as we praised Franny here, I think maybe she could have been a bit more strategic in finding somebody to tutor her. Oh. <laughs> Again, we're assuming that she wants the tutoring. Like, that's, that's what true. we're supposed to think. No, you guys, she has, like, very strong ulterior motives. She, she wants, wants pool. that pool. She does. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, and she probably, the in reality, she is probably, has probably already passed this class. She's done all the homework. <laughs> She's like way ahead of her game. She's like, okay, I need a pool to swim in. So, and this kid seems scared of me and sunlight. <laughs> water. So. I found I found a rich pushover, so I'm gonna use him. I'm gonna use him and tell him that I need his help because you know he will let me do it. I will get everything I want, and then I don't have to do anything for him. Yes, and then uh, Chris goes on into the the classic line that you hear in so many movies: "Girls are weird." To which Phil says, "Yeah, they are." <laughs> and then, good dadly advice right good there. Good work. Good work. Yes. Good parenting. Yeah, nice. Yeah, nice yep. deep convo there about like It doesn't end there because he comes over, he sits down and he says, "But they're pretty cool too." <laughs> What's really funny <laughs> is cuz he's talking about Susan. <laughs> <laughs> it would take until this like this podcast just broke Ugh. us <laughs> i think we've reached that point I think we've reached the point <laughs> absolutely i mean girls are weird and we are cool but we are cool yeah and but what the fuck is this conversation that's happening yeah well this is this is the writers trying to tell us phil think Susan's cute which we didn't get already from their weird like Humphrey Bogart (laughs) conversation I have so many favorites of his 
for my <laughs> genre and co-star. Like Susan, baby, you're too good for him. <laughs> yes. You she are is. a hardworking single mom. Yes. He's a rich idiot asshole. <laughs> yes. I was being too mean at mean to Phil. He's not really an asshole. He's kind of an idiot, but he's not an asshole. Yeah, no. He's okay. He's I fine. Mean, Whatever. He's, he's not great, but he 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 literally just fills the spot in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's he is really good at existing. He exists. Yeah, there he breathes. His good work. His wardrobe work, and stylist, like what? Hold on. He, obviously, he doesn't have a stylist, but you know, his styling gives us so much to talk about. Where mm-hmm. like we don't get that from the other characters. It's true. It's true. We would all the other characters are much more generic than Phil is. Phil is <laughs> Phil's a standout. <laughs> Um, like, I really feel like he's what elevates this movie from just your, like, run-of-the-mill, like, not-a-very-good-movie. Yes. He's what pushes it into, like, bonkers territory. Well, that and Duffy's void mouth. Yes. yes. So, then Phil delivers my favorite line of this minute. Like, we haven't even gotten to my favorite line of this minute. <laughs> After he establishes that girls are weird and pretty cool... They're kind of hard to figure out, though. No, we're so complex, right? It's almost like we're whole entire people. (laughs) Which I love that he's saying that they are kind of hard to figure out because this is him coming off of a conversation with Susan in which she gave him (laughs) a glass of water and then was extremely enthusiastically interested in everything he had to say, which I can't imagine... Happens to him very often. <laughs> Not hard to figure out. I I mean, okay, here's the thing. I would be confused too if I'd spent my whole life striking out with women and then all of a sudden one wanted to talk to me. <laughs> That's true. And, that is so, true. and so enthusiastically with all this exact same interests and like, yeah, girls are weird when you're... <laughs> Phil and you're talking to Susan. (laughs) (laughs) I like to think that like we didn't see this, but Susan and Trent. Trent. Um, I like to think they had another fence conversation and she's like, Man, boys are weird. (laughs) (laughs) Or like she she and Tina are making Tina down, yeah. (laughs) Boys are weird. But kind of cool, but hard to figure out. And he's like, Mom, I have no imagination. I can't talk about this. Let me drill random holes in this piece of wood. (laughs) And Tina's like, this isn't going to work for my proposal that I'm writing. Unless you have some money for me to go to business college, I'm not interested in talking to you. Tina's like, can you guys keep it down? I'm trying to struggle to read over here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So busy frowning at words, she can't even (laughs) listen. (laughs) I think maybe she's the one who actually needs Chris to tutor her. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Although, I'm trying to imagine a conversation between Tina and Chris, and my head just wants to explode. 
it would just be like a selling off like (laughs) yeah i think it would literally just be awkward silence i don't think they have anything to say to each other yep it would be like angry grunting at each other like (laughs) 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 either that either that or or they would bond really well about how much their parents do not understand them that's true yeah they'd be like i feel like it could go either way be like well you know what my dad does he yells vroom vroom and then jumps on the couch <laughs> yeah well my mom won't let me go to business college oh i hate parents <laughs> adults are weird huh <laughs> but they're kind of cool too <laughs> kind of cool <laughs> kind of hard to figure out uh Phil goes, I think I'm going to take another walk tomorrow. And then and then Phil goes, yeah, you're right. I'm going to take another walk tomorrow. Well, that's been it for this minute of A Talking Cast. I've been your host, Sammy C. I am Dylan. And I'm Sarah. Want more A Talking Cast? Check us out on SoundCloud at a-talking-cast, on Twitter at A Talking Cast, and on Facebook slash A Talking Cast. You can also find us on Stitcher slash podcast slash a talking cast. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Minute by minute. That's so they'll be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt. So grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in. A talking cast is about to begin. That was episode 41 of A Talking Cast. Your hosts were Semi C, Dylan Reed Miller, and Sarah Kathleen. Edited by Darren Husted. Music by Casey Trimble. Voiceover by John Kowaleski. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Executive producers Sarah Cantor and Darren Husted. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A talking cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. In loving memory of Jaden Holmes.